Everybody, Josh Neighbors here with Robbie Triano. It is Locked On Big 12. Today's show airing on Wednesday, January 11th. Yeah, it's correct. Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. On today's show, what does the Big 12 have to do to get over the hump that we have seen now created really with them and the SEC? Uh, We know they can beat the Big 10 powers, but what will it take for the Big 12 to get over the hump against SEC schools when it comes to big games. All that and more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, the host of Locked On Big 12, joining us today from SiriusXM and the Midwest Madness Podcast is Robbie Triano. Make sure you guys subscribe to both podcasts wherever you guys find your podcasts. You guys can get Locked On Big 12 on YouTube. Please subscribe. Help us get to 3,100 subscribers. We're well on the way there right now, hoping to get there within the next week. So please subscribe if you all have not already. Make sure you guys find us wherever you get your podcasts, just like Midwest Madness. And also find us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find Robbie at the Triano Kid. And you all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Uh, Robbie, you and I are recording this on Tuesday. I'm going to air this Wednesday. We just got done with a meeting with um, with some of the folks at SiriusXM. A lot of them were there in Los Angeles talking about the fact that they got rain in L.A., uh, soaked backpacks, soaked shoes, which means soaked socks, which is the worst. I think that's how all TCU fans, it's how us as Big 12 fans, it's how everybody feels right now. Uh, a big-time case of soaked socks. Yeah, Um Yesterday sucked. Uh, national championship game absolutely sucked because you and I are the defenders of the Big 12 Conference. So not a great look, uh, I would say, for us. And yesterday was, I think, really annoying because it validates what Paul Feinbaum says. Anything Stephen A. says on first take validates any person with a microphone who says something about college football who shouldn't be saying something about college football. They all got validated yesterday because Georgia absolutely destroyed TCU. And it it was just so annoying because we put so much work and love into this conference and saying, you know, TCU was a good team. And I feel like an idiot because Paul Feinbaum is the one or Stephen A. Smith. They just got to be like, well, the SEC is better. It's Georgia. And I can't say they're wrong right now. Right. And sucks. Um, I don't know how we can get to that level. I thought TCU was the team to at least make it competitive. Um, it, it just didn't matter. Georgia just kept on stepping on the gas pedal, and it meant TCU had no way to stop that car. Yeah, you know, it, it validates what the people say who just don't watch the don't watch the sport as a whole, right? Like Paul watches the SEC. Um, you know, Stephen A might watch a game or two, but really, I mean, they asked the guy to talk about the NBA and talk about the NFL. Uh, that's a full plate right there doing both of those things. So, I mean, what are we supposed to say about, about that? Um, the, you know, the, the thing about it is like so much of big 12 stuff has gotten to other football, right? GP's four, two, five has gotten to a lot of places. Obviously three, three, five, I think will be run at some places too, especially there's talent gaps supposed to help you be faster, be quicker was not the case last night, obviously. Um, but what I will say is this, like we know teams like TCU 
can beat teams like Michigan. Now, you know, if those play if those teams played 10 times, I think Michigan would win more. Probably probably around 7, right? Um this was that game was not a one-off. I mean, both teams turned the ball over 3 times, right? TCU made just as many mistakes as Michigan did. Michigan had bad play calling, but like Michigan had plenty of time to prepare and were not the tougher team. So, uh, you know, like what, like what are, what are we supposed to do with that, that fact? What are we supposed to do with the fact that the, the offensive line that was deemed the best offensive line in the country had a long time to prepare for this, this game. And also uh, Robbie, an offensive line that kicked Ohio state's ass. I mean, that, that's, that is what happened in that game, but when it gets TCU, TCU was tougher team. TCU was the better team. Michigan's this really interesting composite talented team, right? They got some talent, but their their best quality is how good they are up front, usually on both sides of the ball, right? That that's usually what their their calling card was, what it was this season. TCU beats a team like that, then they go play Georgia, <laughs> and they get absolutely crap. I mean, they were the slower, uh, less physical, uh, worse quarterbacked, worse coached. All they they were they were beaten in every single facet of the game last night, and the question becomes. How do we get to that? How do we get to that place where, where teams, and I, I think the big question is too, like, what does a team look like that can do it? Uh, what does that have to, what does that need to look like? I hesitate to say to be like, to be Georgia's like, cause I think about how, like how close my Missouri Tigers were. It's not a good football team. It's not, it was not a very, it was six and seven football team this year. But like they they had Georgia on the ropes. Now when Georgia gets locked in, it's it's usually curtains. Uh, Ohio State game obviously was standing until the very very end. But I just have so much so many questions about like, all right, what does that look like? Because right now I've got doubts that a Big Twelve team can get there and get the job. Getting there, we know they can, depending on the road. Getting the job done, that is the big key. And I yeah. don't know how we get there. I think the Big Twelve can handle the SEC from like three down. They they could they could give a real like TCU could give LSU a real competition, but when it comes to the dudes like LSU like how does the Big Twelve compensate for it? Okay, you get really really good coaching. Big Twelve has yet. I think every head coach besides maybe some are really really good, really young, really innovative. I think this league has top to bottom some of the best coaching and knowledge college football. Okay, how else do you accommodate for that? Okay, well you dominate the transfer portal, TCU. Did that? Kansas State does that. All of these teams can do that, but dominate to, to their to their extent, right? I mean, like you know, TCU is getting the TCU is doing it right now with the, getting the Alabama guys, but I wouldn't say they're dominating and said like, oh my god, all these top transfers are going to I, TCU, I, I, right? That's like Jameer Gibbs is not going to TCU, maybe correct. guys. Like, but like I'll, I'll rephrase that. It's that. more of utilizing it the correct way. Yeah, I yes. think they're they're very good at using. The, the transfer portal very well. I think there's a lot of programs here, maybe besides Oklahoma State right now, that have a very good handle on the transfer portal. The thing is, recruiting-wise, like, yesterday just proved you need those players to, to, to win. Like, we want to say, you know, TCU was rewriting history books or they're the, the team that could break that you didn't need stars to win. That That theory was proven absolutely wrong yesterday you can get in some situations you can beat teams you can out scheme teams and you can you can do that but tcu could have wrote the best game plan ever yesterday but when they faced the other team it was just impossible like 
Travis Hodges Tomlinson, we know is a stud. He looked terrible yesterday mm-hmm. against those type of receivers. The, the offensive line of TCU has been a strength. Max Duggan was getting beaten up. Even Quentin Johnson was having such a difficult time getting open. Like that, that was just so depressing for that. And I don't know exactly how to close the gap. We know that the money will be better for these teams, but it's only getting better for the other (laughs) programs as well in the SEC and the Big Ten. It's going to take a lot, a lot, and I don't know exactly if TCU or any team in the Big 12 is a program that can crack the top 10 in the recruiting rankings, and I don't think anyone right now can beat Georgia or Alabama. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Football season is over, but there is still the NBA. There is definitely college basketball happening right now. There is boxing. There is MMA. There is soccer. All that stuff and the NFL playoffs kick off this weekend. BetOnline is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, we've got it all covered at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, they have those as well, insider picks. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And here's what I'll say about all of this, like, together. Because this is this is very big picture. It, it kind of begs the question, like, what do we want from our college football, right? What is it that we ask from our college football? Um, because it is a regional sport. Like, it is about the games that happen during the year. For me, covering, especially this last month, covering the story that is Texas Tech is something that has actually made me feel very good. I'm very happy about. I am pleased about, like, those are the stories I talk about. Baylor last year, Oklahoma State last year, all of that stuff. And so I think what the, the, the big challenge is, not losing, not losing sight of the fact that stuff like that does matter, right? Texas Tech's eight and five does matter. Um, you know, schools like Baylor going 11 and one, Dave Rand after winning two games or whatever it was, 10 and two, 11 and whatever the record ends up being, right? 11 and two, I guess, uh, after winning two games. That stuff does matter. You know, what we're talking about here is like these these off examples when these big school, you know, when we play the Georgias, the Alabamas of the world. So I think we have to keep it in focus. Like, guys, most of the year we don't get that. And here's a th- and, and here is my big point, because, you know, the Super League thing has been talked about. It's been bandied about. And like, obviously, the SEC dominance right now is really putting yeah. a lot of, you know, kind of I think it kind of reopens the conversation of like the Super League. You know, should there be a breakaway, whatever. But once you disassociate uh, Alabama and Oklahoma or and Alabama and, and Ohio State and all the, like those those schools from everybody else, like what is our connection to them? They become very very good programs, right? 
right now there is standard that we're that you and I are talking about how do we chase that how do we find that how do we how do we get there and it's a really difficult and very very hard question to answer if we take that away like what what is the sport look like right there's like it's basically there is an NFL there's like a semi pro league which is like you know here are tomorrow's stars today but like we why would we care because our teams aren't really involved in that and it's it's a football game, but if we're a casual fan, why do I care? Because my teams, once again, don't play them at all. There's no chance for me to play them. And so it's important that like the TCUs of the world get their shots against the Alabamas and the, and the Georgias and whatnot. But how you catch a man, I don't know. And look, it's it's not just TCUs. Like I'm going to use the Missouri example again. And, and for you, you can use Michigan State too. Like this is the question that these other programs are asking. How do we catch everybody else? And those are schools that are in the conferences, right? Michigan State is asking, how do we catch Ohio State? How do we catch Michigan? Missouri is asking, how do we catch Georgia when Dominic Lovett, the leading receiver in all of the SEC this year, transfers and goes to Georgia? Rara Thomas from Mississippi State transfers and goes to Georgia. Henry Toa Toa from Tennessee goes to Alabama. Jameer Gibbs has a good year at Georgia Tech. They goes to Alabama, right? Like how do we how do we deal with that? How do how do you get involved in the chase? Where Zach Evans goes from TCU to Ole Miss, and I think TCU beats Ole Miss this year. We saw Baylor beat Ole Miss last year, but like, how do you stop these things from happening? I've got no clue. I've got absolutely no clue how it, how it how it happens. And I'm not saying there's an answer for Brett Yormark and company. I don't like know if it's on. I mean, maybe there is, but besides, like, just gotta kill it recruiting and nail the portal, like you mentioned. There's no way to make up this gap. It's like it, it it feels insurmountable. I think in the short term, it is insurmountable. Yes. I think you are 100% correct. Where Brett Yormark and the entire Big 12, every team in this conference needs to see is the long-term thing. The Big 12 was once the best in college football, so it's not like it's impossible to get there. Right. It's just now you are just so far behind when it comes to the money, the resources, what the Big 10 and the SEC have, and just like the, the footprint in college football, the Big 12 is losing that with OU and Texas. No much how, how much you care about this league, you are losing two premier programs that get eyeballs. How do you do that? You have to continue to stack on seasons like the Big 12 just did. You have to make sure in five years when the next TV deal is up that you can come even compete with the other conferences. You have to build on the stories that you currently have. You need to have incremental mm -hmm. jumps every single year from every team whatsoever. That is the only way that you can do it. So in the next five years, I don't see the Big 12 making not they can they prove they can make it, but I don't think they can win. A national championship, even with the playoffs expanding, and it's match dependent too. It's gonna be match dependent. It's gonna depend on who they play, right? Because if like a K State drew an Alabama in the first round, I mean, we just saw it's like if Bryce yeah. Young has one of his games, it's curtains. Yeah. So, for like, I believe in this conference as a whole, mm -hmm. and it's just going to take time and patience. And I think that is the story for so many programs here in the Big Twelve. Like we look at Kansas. They know what patience is. They have been through that grind. What's and that's why I think we love the conference. And you brought about like what exactly should we be caring about in college football? Should we be caring about the national title teams, or should we be caring about the stories throughout? The Big Twelve dominates the story part. I think every single team and program has such amazing stories that are worth tuning in. They need to capitalize on that and get better when it comes to the national title type of things. So. The long term of this entire conference, I get it. 
and we are going to now have pipeline teams to go in the Ohio's, the Florida's, other other states that we didn't necessarily recruit wise. We just need to capitalize on that. That's that needs to be Brett Yormark and every team's goal moving forward. I think I've just you mentioned this like the stacking good things on top, and, and it sucks to say this. I don't like saying this. It's almost the thing that makes this conference great this year, especially was how competitive it was. And we we have praised the fact that I think like here's the thing: the national championship game happens. It's a huge game. It's really important, but it only happens for like we talk about it like ten days, right? We talk about it for like you know like the ten days leading up to it. And we'll talk about it the five days after, and we'll talk about it in the football sense, sure. But like a majority of the football, ninety nine percent of the football that we're talking about here, Robbie, occurs from September all the way to the start of December, and it's there's every team is playing twelve games. It's just more football, and that stuff is important, like you mentioned. And the stories are fun to cover. I love the parody. This, and I've mentioned this a bunch, the six different teams in the last three championship games. But if we want to catch these other schools, some of that's going to have to go away, right? Like we're, we're going to need some school to emerge. We, if we keep flipping champions every single year, then when are we going to end up getting a group that's been there before, that's, that's gone through some losses, that's gone, gone through some heartbreak and pain, or a group that's taking the next step or whatever it is? Right. Cause like the same way we've talked about Kirby smart stacking unbelievable recruiting classes, right. It was like four, three, one and two or whatever it was like, that's what has to happen. Like the Baylor can't go six and seven Oklahoma state can't go seven and five or whatever. And seven and six TCU cannot follow up this season with next season going six and six. Like that's not how you build this thing. And, and as much as I love the competition, it's almost better off for the health of the league if there if there is an Oklahoma style team that emerges from the new Big 12. On the day to day, I love the competition. It is better off for the league. But in overall sense, it would be a lot better in these situations if one of the teams was able to grab the conference by the balls. And I'll tell you this, Robbie, it doesn't necessarily guarantee victory. Oklahoma did that for a long time and came up short multiple times in these games. But it does get you closer because you can stat you once success success breeds success. Winning breeds winning. The problem is Iowa State goes down after their good seasons. Oklahoma State down. Baylor down. We hope TCU and Kansas State don't go down. OK State's bringing back a lot. But like these teams need to hang on to the top of the, the conference for dear life so we can get some some momentum going with some of these schools as much as it hurts maybe the overall product from September until December. I, you, you absolutely nail it there. And another thing I'm actually incredibly nervous about with this conference, because after the COVID eligibility goes away, like what exactly are these teams? I think TCU had so much success because they could one, keep players longer and they had a lot of experience on that team, right? They're going to lose a lot of that. And a lot of other teams are losing a lot of that. Like Baylor's offensive line without the COVID eligibility, what would that team look like? I think so many teams here are going to are just going to get a lot younger. And that's why, like, I'm I'm very bullish on like a team like Texas Tech, who recruited really well, got so many players on the offensive and defensive line so they can build that up. So by the time OU and Texas are gone, those players will be starters and good players, because after every single player, even Spencer Sanders, when he's done with his COVID eligibility, any other player have it gone. What exactly is this league going to look like? Because I think it helped the big 12 
so much in the past two years to stay old and stay experienced. After that is gone, what does this league look like? I still think they're very good. I still think the Big 12 is the third best league. But now you have, I look in the ACC, Florida State's on the rise. Clemson is still Clemson. Like, you have Drake May. Clemson's still Clemson-ish. Yes. But, like, I, I like Kate Klumnick a whole lot. I think Yeah, Clemson's he's very good. Be, You're right. I think they're going to be studs. But it's like, they, they have premier programs there. Like, the Big 12 needs to keep their space. And after they get younger, like, what is this conference going to look like? And I hope it continues to look just like we saw this year. And it's it's not total domination. You know, this is not like, you know, you mentioned the the way the SEC is built. And because look, like the Big Ten guys, I mean, Penn State looks awesome. They had a really they looked awesome against Utah. That's a that's a really good Penn State team. But here's the thing: like Penn State lost to Michigan. Michigan is just a little bit better at Penn State in a lot of those areas. And 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 uh and TCU does beat Michigan. I'm not trying to transfer property. Like, but here's the thing: is the one team, and if Penn State nails us, the I think they get a chance. They're not there yet. Like Ohio State is is too fast. That team is too fast and too athletic for a TCU. They just they just are right. They were almost too fast and too athletic for Georgia. They were for a large swath of that game, right? We're also Robbie. We're a missed field goal or a made field goal away from being a, a different conversation about a championship game and kind of the way that thing looks. But you know that's a team that that TCU probably you know probably couldn't beat. But everybody else they could have beaten the Big Ten, right? They beat Michigan. They beat the Big Ten champ. They beat Michigan. Uh, last year, Baylor beat Ole Miss, right? That is a that was an awesome, really good Ole Miss team. I know there was an injury in that game, but like that wasn't this high functioning, amazing Baylor offense last year. That was a grind you out team, and they beat they beat right. Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. And so it's not like all of these programs, right? I mean, K State beat the absolute hell out of Missouri this year. Just beat them like a drum earlier in the season. You know, it's not like the entire like we're not struggling with every sec team. We're not worried about Vanderbilt, Missouri. I would even say Florida, you know, Mississippi state. Right. I mean, we saw Texas tech take it to this version of Ole Miss this year. I know it was a downslide, but like we saw all of that stuff. Not, we're not talking about those schools. We're talking about really the top. And so as much as I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm freaking out here and I'm upset about what we're seeing. It's, it's not like it's a top to bottom problem, right? This is, it's not, it's just trying to overcome overcome a couple programs. And here's the thing. Everyone is trying to overcome those programs. Right. Um, you know, I mean, LSU caught lightning in a bottle for a year. I know it's normally a good program, but like that's been a, that has been a, you know, about a roller coaster over there. Absolutely. It's been a really up and down venture for, for the LSU Tigers. So, you know, and, and then Alabama's had theirs and then Georgia has had theirs, right? Tennessee's trying to make that comeback now, but like, what, what are we really talking about? Ohio state, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. Still, I just chuck them in there. Sure, Clemson. You know, uh, right now, um, I'm not going. Th- I'm not going to throw USC in there, right? I mean, the USC doesn't deserve to be thrown in there. So everybody's chasing them, and that is the challenge. Uh, it just it's it's become more magnified for us because TCU just took one of the worst losses. And it was an embarrassing loss, in my opinion, but took one of the worst losses in in playoff. You know, in in postseason history in college football. So. Yeah. It's not as bad as it seems. It is a few teams, but the gap is substantial. There's one thing I want to ask you about because our colleague Gabe Eichert, he tweeted something yesterday and it like actually like genuinely pissed me off about what he said. He tweeted because he's a he's a big 12 guy, but he's in Oklahoma for the former Oklahoma guy. 
He tweeted, I'm more convinced than ever that OU making the move to the SEC is the only way to get on this type of level. That, like, pissed me off, like, so much. Oklahoma can get a great recruiting class being in the SEC or not. It is Oklahoma. I understand resources-wise, yeah, it's nice to have more money, but, like, just because you're in the Big 12 doesn't mean you can't, like, compete against those programs. That's where I'm just like, oh, just because you're in the SEC doesn't mean now, oh, now we can finally beat Alabama or win a college football playoff game. I thought that was such a bogus comment. Well, here's what I will say. The 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 one thing that we have not seen yet in the Big Twelve, and this is this, we have not seen Oklahoma and Texas, who are out recruiting everybody, nail the coaching staff as a whole to a point where they can they can get there and win the and have a chance to win the thing. Right. the The question is, can a Big Twelve? I mean, I, I guess the answer is yes, right? Because now the problem is, no Big Twelve team has the brand that Oklahoma and Texas do. But ostensibly, like a Big 12 team, because those are Big 12 schools, could recruit the way that Texas and Oklahoma do. I think the one thing for Texas and OU's sake is they will, number one, be hardened by the experiences of playing in the SEC every single year. Your players will, will you know, will, will come and, and get better from that. Number two, the access in recruiting is going to increase. While OU is a national brand, Robbie, the fact that you will be playing in Louisiana and Mississippi and you'll be playing in Florida, you'll be playing in South Carolina and Alabama and Georgia. All of these places are insanely talented. I mean, there's a reason why the SEC is so good that it, those are incredibly insanely talent rich places. So you add their national scope and then you say, okay, we can get a bit more regional now, right? Um, you can steal a couple kids and pick them off. I will say this in the short term for them, those schools have such a long way to go. And it feels like there's going to be such a pronounced learning curve for them because they're trying to get their coaching and talent situation squared away that long-term. Yes. It might be the right decision because of how good those brands are. No, I, I, I like totally agree with that, but just thinking like, Oh, w- once we go there, we're going to get to that level. It's like, you don't, you have no, it's, it's not, it's not guaranteed to happen, but I think that if you're an if you're an OU fan, I think you like your chances to get there more than AM, right? I mean, AM is is getting all these recruits, but because they've and they've nailed the NIL part of this, but because their coaching staff is a dumpster fire and they've mismanaged that situation so much, they're the laughing stock of the SEC right now. Right? I mean, Vanderbilt is in the SEC and the laughing stock is not the Commodores, Robbie. It is not. It is Texas AM. And it goes to show you that. Like the, once you start recruiting at that level, there is still a big difference. Like there, there are, there are levels to this game. There is the talent part of it, which Robbie, I'm not sure the coaching would have, we mentioned earlier, not sure the coaching even matters last night. And then there's the next element that you're mentioning. All right. Once we're at that level, how do we get over? And, and, and Kirby didn't get over for a while, right? It took Kirby time to get over that hump. So I think that is why. But but here's the thing: we are talking about SEC teams, right? That is what's what we're talking about, and so I think that is why Gabe, our colleague, says that. And look, I understand it; it makes sense. There's also the other side of it, though: is your path to the playoff should be easier because you're in the Big Twelve. If that's the way we're thinking about this, right. Clemson, and I think this is a good model here. I mentioned them some yesterday. And I'm starting to think about it more. I actually think this is true. Clemson's like the model. 
Clemson plays in the ACC. Clemson took advantage of not up Miami, and they played Miami one year in the championship game. And Florida State, generally speaking, has been down since their championships when Dabo really got it rolling, right? I mean, their biggest challengers as of late have been NC State and Wake Forest. Yes. Those have been the biggest challenges to the ACC Atlantic Division. And they have won the championship uh, in the ACC. They've won national championships. That is that is kind of the model for not being in a in the SEC or the Big Ten and and actually winning this thing. And also, I mean, we have to mention this, Robbie. Like it's the SEC just taking over now. We're not talking about a Michigan Michigan title. Ohio State hadn't won one on a Ryan Day, so it's the SEC taking over, no doubt. And I guess by that token, by that token, sure, it makes it more likely. But can Oklahoma be Georgia? Can Oklahoma be Alabama? I mean, we have, we have, in modern college football, we have to see that because they dominated the Big 12. Can they get to that point in the SEC? Right. I definitely think it's possible. I think it is possible. I think seeing a clear path to that, at least right now, is not something that I see in the next five to 10 years. Right. No, that that was my point, really. It's just like you can't guarantee success in the SEC no. when Kirby Smart is 47. Like, you just can't I, could, I could not agree more with that. I could yeah, not. Like, yeah. And I thought that was just a shot against the Big 12 because it's just like you have success here. You also just went six and whatever. Like you only had six wins this year. I don't think like just because you – I I get his point. It was just more like, yeah, that's kind of a cheap shot at this conference. Yeah. It's something interesting, I guess, we think about it more and tackle it more. But I think about like Oklahoma and their – you know, they came up short against the uh, you know Georgia team, right? And they were, they were very, very close. There's no guaranteeing they would have won the title. And, and they came up close the same way before – I guess the big question is like, what exactly changes for OU? Because they're recruiting at a top five, 10 level consistently. And they had right. one of the best offensive minds. The defense was not good enough, obviously. I, I just kind of running through it now. Like, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma is already really great. What, what changes for them when they go to the SEC? Like, are they number three in recruiting all of a sudden? Do they pull off a number one class all of a sudden? That's, that's yeah. what I'm wondering here. And I like knowing Oklahoma, they don't have the NIL money to compete with other programs. And also if like if Oklahoma walks in and has a six and six season or has a seven and five season, is that really more of like, oh, I want to go there? Like, or I could just go to Georgia, Alabama, Texas AM. I could go to LSU, not Texas AM, bad example, LSU. Like that's where I'm just like, you're not guaranteed any more success. You can definitely have more resources to get. To that level but like so does everybody else in that conference so i think like i if i were if i were to peel back what an oklahoma fan actually thinks i think they actually want to stay in the big 12 because they can dominate this conference and also they just keep getting good recruiting classes even in this conference they so want to leave so bad so that's why i'm just i i don't think they do though i mean because the, because they much like gabe see the they see themselves as LSU. They see themselves as Alabama. They see themselves as Georgia. And while I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, especially because like the kind of athlete that you need to win, uh, they don't grow them on trees. I feel like in Oklahoma's neck of the woods, they do grow them on trees in Georgia. They do the grow them on trees in Alabama and Louisiana. And some, 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 somehow, you know, some, I guess to some extent in Texas, they do. Right. But like, what do we say that Texas had to change? They really beefed up their recruiting up front. That's what they knew they had to change. Uh, Oklahoma is the same way. I mean, we saw it in the Peach Bowl. We saw it this year. We saw it in the Baylor game last, you know, last two seasons. Like 
they have some – I mean, if Baylor's kicking their ass the line of scrimmage, they have some serious, serious space to make up. But I think the thing is, Oklahoma fans, they see themselves as a potential LSU type. Because them winning a championship was less than, you know, it's I guess I forgot what year it was. Like, they've won a championship, right, in the 2000s. So they are – they are conditioned to think that, oh, that is possible. It's a great program. I'm not, I'm not dissing them. It's more like they think they're just going to waltz in and have success. Like have fun. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's funny because our, 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 both our colleagues, Gabe Iker and Holly Rowe made their bet about Oklahoma. I think it was the first five years or 10 years winning the SEC. Ten years. Ten years. First 10 years winning the SEC. Like, I don't see that. I don't see that. I don't see that at all. I mean, like, like Missouri went in there and went twice and didn't win it. Have fun. Like if they're Yeah. I mean, West, it's, I don't even care if Saban's gone. Like it's Alabama. Right. Right. And I don't know how they're going to divide it up. Well, I guess we'll end up seeing, but like, you know, it's, it, it's hard for me to, to say that they're going to go there and do it. Same thing for Texas, like same rules apply to Texas. Now their stuff is, is together a bit more in terms of NIL, but um, yeah, there, there are leaps and bounds for the, those places to go. I will say this, the, the good news is this, is this Robbie is that we do not now turn the page to basketball as a whole. Right. Oh my God. We, we, and Gosh. The one thing is, like, we can bathe in it because I, I think I would have watched so far. I think Kansas, the best team in the country. I think the second best team in the country by far is the Houston. I think the two top teams are now the Houston Cougars and, and Kansas. Houston's going to join the Big 12, and Kansas is currently in the Big 12, and they are the reigning national champions, obviously. And there's a ton of awesome teams, and there's a ton of great coaches, and a ton of good players. And Iowa State is awesome. And I think TCU is awesome. And I think Kansas is awesome. I think the K-State story is unbelievable. Also, you see the Joker who didn't have Kansas State in his top 25? That's nuts. I mean, just unbelievable. But, like, this is the realm where the Big 12 dominates. And, and guys, basketball does matter. It does matter. It's a ton of programming. It is obviously the second most important college sport. And so don't worry, folks. Like, hey, guys, if you're upset with last night, turn on the TV and you get to watch Big 12 hoops tonight. So we still have that as a conference. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was saying it on the Midwest Madness podcast. We are a basketball conference. Uh, that is what we are. And currently right now, five of the 10 teams are in the AP top 25. This conference is loaded. Uh, so you can dry your tears with watching some incredible basketball. But, oh, my God, this conference is such a gauntlet. It's going to be awesome in the future. Like, yeah, Texas is having a good year. But this conference really won't be affected that much after Texas and OU leaves basketball-wise. Unless you place them with Houston. Yeah. And I don't think Kelvin Sampson is going to take the Texas job. I don't think that's going to happen. I agree. Uh, all right, Robbie, where can, people, where can the people find you and your work in all of its variety? Now that football season's over, the Midwest Madness podcast is heating up. Follow that on Twitter, MW underscore Madness 12. I host it. I talk Big 12 hoops. I get guests from people around the league to talk about their teams. It's a lot of fun. And you can follow me on Twitter as I tweet both basketball and football stuff like this at the Triano Kid, Josh can't believe it we did this the whole big 12 season it is over we made it it is over and you know what we were there on the final day it didn't go well for us but we were there on the final day robbie i guess we have we can we can do we can do a little bit of solace in that oh, all right robbie we'll talk to you next week appreciate your time all right see ya